it reminded me of Jurassic Park, man. That, <laughs> so like, true. that's the first thing I thought of. And I was like, Javier, oh, he's going to, oh, this is going to be his Jurassic Park reference. So I have to put it in for him since he didn't go watch the movie. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Ian Anderson. Some shit. And our returning guest host, Casey Ridge. Sorry for the squares. All right. So do you guys ever find yourself wondering if you'd spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put on a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We do appreciate your help growing the podcast by hitting that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend. You can also go and check out our website and subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. So today we're reviewing The New Mutants. It was released August 28th, 2020. It was directed by Josh Boone, written by Josh Boone and Nate Lee. It stars Blue Hunt, Maisie Williams, Anya Taylor-Joy, Charlie Heaton, Henry Zaga, and Alice Braga. The new mutants, just discovering their abilities while held in a secret facility against their will, fight to escape their past sins and save themselves. So, again, just reiterate, if you hadn't listened in a while or if this is your first time with us, with new movies, we're finally hitting theaters. We are introducing this rating system. We'll start with a spoiler-free review from each of us, and then we'll give a rating based on a three-tiered scale. Worth it, or you should definitely go see this in the theater. Stream it, or it's worth watching, but it can wait until you can watch it from the comfort of your couch. And finally, skip it, or no need to watch this hot mess at all. So after the spoiler-free review, we'll then go into a deep dive of the movie and give away spoilers and all that fun stuff. So let's go ahead and get started with spoiler free. I'll start. I didn't have high hopes for this movie. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm not a fan of Fox X-Men movies. There's been one, technically two, if you count Logan, that I've liked or even tolerated, to be honest. This was not one of them. I don't love this movie. I struggled with it. The good part about it is there were some great visuals to this movie. The the animation, the computer graphics, the those effects were amazing. There were some really great shots in this from that. There were some, some cases of really good acting, some good cases of decent acting, some cases of really bad acting. There was some crap dialogue. There was a lot of things wrong in this movie. It didn't really know what it wanted to be, so it tried to be a little bit of everything, and it, it, I just really struggled with it. So not my favorite movie. If you're just looking for a good weak jump scare, if you really like the mutant X-Men world within that, you know, you can go check this movie out. You might find some joy in it, but I wouldn't. Yeah, it's it's a struggle for me. So for me, I'm giving this a stream it and barely just because the visual effects, I think, are worth watching it for once. Some of the acting is really entertaining. So those two combinations could be worth streaming it. That caveat being wait until it's free streaming, not necessarily paid streaming. I don't know that I'd spend money on this movie. Ian, why don't you go next? Yeah, you bet. I didn't have a lot to say about this movie. I didn't know what it would be or other than there's mutants. So there's going to be, you know, mutant powers. And after seeing it, I feel like I have less to say about it because it was just not my cup of tea. Um, I thought the, I wouldn't call it like a twist, but like the punchline of what was all going on was kind of interesting to me. Um, I liked how they kind of slowly explained some of the different powers that these new mutants have. But other than that, yeah, the visuals were kind of cool. It just kind of fell flat for me. There's a lot of things I didn't like. So I'm, I'm going to go with a skip it. I've already told my family members, like, don't, don't bother. (laughs) So I'm already telling people to skip it. So I think I have to say skip it here. That's fair. Casey. I was so bored. I fell asleep. (laughs) Skip it. (laughs) 
<laughs> that's that's your spoiler free right there, huh? I like it. More than once nice. fell asleep. Short, sweet, to the point. Cool. That's spoiler free. I love it. I, that's why we keep her around because that's the clearest review you'll ever get. So let's dive in. Spoiler. So if you haven't seen this movie already and you are going to go out and see it in the theater, or if you're listening to this later on, you're going to wait and stream it. Go watch it now. Come back, pick up where you left off because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing. So this movie starts off in a way that I just hate. And this is across the board. It's not specifically this movie, but the the fact that there's this narration going on of my father told me in Native American legend about Two bears each one of us has inside, a good bear and a bad bear. And I'm like, I really hate that kind of intro. To me, that's like the laziest form of writing. There have been a few movies that have done okay at it, but I can't think off the top of my head of a movie that's done that well. It it just, to me, means that you don't have an interesting story if you have to lead in that way. I have one. What is it? Lego Batman. Fair enough. (laughs) But that's because it's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) white (laughs) best lead in intro ever that's true first thing is just black black screen (laughs) that is good but when it comes to yeah i mean that's the first thing you see is it's black screen with some snow right and then it cuts in and there's just this town being destroyed lots of explosions that's cool the visuals are interesting but it's and it just starts with this story of her dad telling her uh, a legend of her people about two bears, one that's good and it holds all the good of people and one's bad. And then it cuts to her running through the woods with or her dad waking her up, right? And running away. So this is your first introduction to Danny, the uh, you know, the main character or main protagonist if you will. But what did you guys think? Was there a reason for the snow? Like I know that like as this thing keeps coming, there's snow, but I didn't really get why there was snow. Like I, is there a reason? I think they were well I think it was so that they could make the excuse that it was a tornado and somehow in the writer's mind, snow equals hail <laughs> and somehow leads to a tornado because it's extreme weather changing. Hmm. But no. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I just didn't get that part. There's a lot of things in this movie that I felt like could have been tossed out. Like your intro. I feel like they should have just started the movie like they did. That's what I'm saying. Leave the the story out of it. You know what I mean? You can tell, you can weave that. And I realize it's in, integral to the part, the whole reason that the big quote unquote villain or the what's haunting them is, has to do with that story. But you can weave it within the story without this blatant drop of the line at the beginning. Or to make it better, you just only have the intro and skip the rest of the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I could have gotten an hour and a half of my life back. The intro and outro and you're done. That's funny. Right. Yeah, I, I'm with you though. And the snow made no sense to me other than later on when later on in the movie it com- they play it back and she says something it, it brings the snow or something like that. So I think it was just a visual that helps you realize the same thing that attacked her village at the beginning is now in her dreams and then later on attacking the school or the cage or the prison or whatever the hell you want to call that thing. So yeah, what a waste. And it makes no sense. Glad you brought it up. So, and at that point you now wake up with Danny in the hospital It's some weird jump cut where it zooms in on her face out in the woods. She's just hit her head and she opens her eyes, but now she's in the hospital with rain. Maisie Williams character looking down on her from the, the ventilation system while she's in bed. And then this very odd and unnecessary scene of her dragging the bed throughout her room while she's attached to it with handcuffs i was like can't you just 
scream and yell and have the doctor come in at that point? What was the point of that? And did it bug anybody else how in the beginning of dragging the bed, she really had to exert herself? And then like when the doctor <laughs> said, like, I'll come in if you move the bed. And then she just like easily rolls it aside. <laughs> like somehow it finally no longer weighs 100 pounds. Well, why even if you got the door securely locked, why do you need to handcuff her to a bed? That was what I asked. I seriously sat there and I was like, if she's handcuffed, but you have to tell the machine to open it. Why? Yeah. What a waste. And there's a force field around the whole thing anyway, so she's not going anywhere. Yeah. And we learned later that this doctor can create force fields at will. Yeah. And shrink them. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm with you. And I don't know if it was to give like authenticity to the fact that she was waking up in some sort of hospital or something. I don't know. It was weird. It just felt out of place and kind of silly. My favorite part is when she takes the cuff off, is she just undoes a band strap that she could have like undone herself. Yeah. With her one. Like, it's like a leather belt kind of thing. I suppose that you're you're right. And that was the first thing I thought was, why doesn't she just reach over and unlatch it herself? It did show, like, to be fair, it did show some sort of, like, mechanical thing on it. Oh, did it? And then you heard, when, yeah, when, when the doctor lady undoes it, you mm-hmm. hear, like, a mechanical click like you do oh. with the doors. So, oh. to be fair, there really was some sort of mechanism that the doctor... Okay, I missed I that. I completely control. missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Good catch. Yeah. So, and then they go through this big spiel of, you know, you, you're here because my superior can trace new mutants and you know what mutants are. And then we're introduced at that point to her fellow patients as they call them. And so at this point we'll go through them. So you have Maisie Williams who plays the character of Wolfsbane and we have the actor Blue Blue Hunt is Danny. Then you have Maisie Williams who is Wolfsbane. Anya Taylor-Joy who is Ileana and she is the her mutant name is magic and they subtly drop these names but they don't actually call them that throughout the movie but her name is magic and then you have charlie heaton who from stranger things and he plays cannonball he's the guy that's flying around attached to the the chain and then henry zaga plays roberto and he is sunspot and he lights himself on fire later on in the movie. And then Alice Braga, and I don't know her mutant name. I think she was made up for this movie because I don't re- recognize her. But I, I didn't follow the new mutants very much when in my comic book life. But those introduced through a therapy session. And then you get their lovely personalities. Wait, who is that one you thought was made up? The Doctor. Oh, okay. I don't know that she's That's actually... That's how forgettable this movie is. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Remember, I don't know that she's an actual comic book character. I think she may have been made up because I tried to do some research and couldn't find anything. But I didn't do that much research because I didn't feel this movie was worth that much research. Ain't that the truth? But I did find here's where you're introduced to these characters and and the acting starts to come out. So I I thoroughly love Maisie Williams. I I was invested in her story of her first time realizing that she could change into a wolf, which is a little different from the comics, but she changes into this wolf and mauls her priest after he calls her a witch and, you know, beats her half to death, she says. And so I was really intrigued by that story, but then I was pulled out just as quickly by Anya Taylor-Joy or Magic being a bitch the whole movie. And it wasn't even like an interesting bitch until the end. She was just weird bitch to me. And I don't know, maybe that's just me. I loved her. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she annoyed me. For well, most of the movie. Because and this is this is giving away a lot. Like you could tell, and maybe it's because I have some experience in this area, like you could tell that there was there was like a victim mm. that was living inside of her that she had this bitch 
facade going on. And she probably was a bitch and she was mad at the world because she doesn't really give a shit. But deep down, like, I think she played that extremely well because she was hiding this victim. And you see it later on as her little weird smiley face alien guys come out <laughs> that she was this victim and of something really fucking heinous. But I thought she played that extremely well. Yeah, they definitely gave each of them some kind of heavy, heavy beginnings. Like all of them have killed somebody that they, they magic killed like 18 people. Um, yeah. Cannonball or I can't remember. I can't remember yeah. any of their names. Charlie. Um, Charlie. That's Charlie, his he, real name? That's or the is... actor name. And then his was, I don't remember. His, that's how well I don't he remember his He killed his, his dad. Yeah, he killed his yeah. dad and a bunch of in the miners mine. in Kentucky. Yeah. Which, do they mine that way still? I thought we had like much more efficient machines when we're doing <laughs> mining than a whole bunch of guys swinging pickaxes now. Did we still mine like that? I have no idea, to be honest with you. And it's sad because I, I lived quite a while in Kentucky, so you'd think I'd know and right near a lot of coal miners. So I, would ne- I wouldn't know. I know that they still go down in the mines, but I can't imagine that they do a lot of pickaxing like they show in that first clip. Of- See, and I'm the opposite. I feel like they would because I think there's a certain amount of finesse that a person could be able to do at certain angles than a machine but could be i have no idea i don't know i'd have to do some research or you know if we have a listener listening that knows about it send put a comment on her what frustrates me the most is that this is the most interesting thing that i can pick up on is like little nuance like did they actually mine that way is there (laughs) snow like these are all stupid things to be talking about but that's kind of what this movie left us with well and i'll give him credit Charlie Heaton played this character. I liked him a lot in this movie. I thought his accent for a British kid, he's a British guy, and he pulled that Uh Kentucky accent off very well. I was very impressed. And I've said this on the podcast before. People that try Southern accents, a lot of times they fail miserably. And his was pretty brilliant, down to the lisp and everything. Like I was pretty impressed by him. And then he played the emotions very well. He was, to me, one of the more believable characters in the show. So can see that. But I'll tell you who wasn't. Oh my god, I hated her so much. The lead actress, the She's main girl. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At least in this movie, I've never seen her in anything else. I don't know if this is her first movie, but her name's Blue Hunt, and I, she was not good. In you know my what opinion. I spent like twenty minutes, literally twenty minutes, thinking about. Mm. So there's a scene where the bitch is talking to the terrible actress that is the main character, and she makes her think that she can get it out. Oh, so yeah. she she makes her run as fast as she can into this force field, and then the dumbass runs as fast as she can into the force field because she trusts some bitch hits it. Fully head on. And was anybody else bothered by the bloody nose? So she got, she had like two little droplets of blood in her nose when she first wakes up from this giant smash into the wall. Then she rubs the blood away with her hand and it stays away. And then like two minutes later, she stands up and it's bleeding like hell again. And it's not even two minutes. It's when she climbs up into the clock tower and talks to Maisie's character. Now, what the fuck kind of bloody nose is that? Yeah, I did notice it both times and it bothered me. I've been kicked in the face with a soccer ball and it bled for like two days. Yeah. That's an exaggeration. It was, but it was literally like 30 minutes. Well, and it, it's like this little smear. And I'm like, the amount of force that she had going and running face first into that. Yeah, she'd have been bleeding like, and it's just, it barely gets past her nostrils yeah, at she, the worst. And she didn't end up with, she like, there's no black eye. There's no other type of damage. Like you just bounce off of it like a yeah. fucking 
soccer ball. Come on. Yeah, it was bad. Well, and then they had this. Well, it's PG thirteen. They had to save their their blood quota for the end in in the dumbest blood thing in the possible, which I'll talk about when we get to the end. But after this moment, like Casey mentioned, Danny goes up and decides she's going to kill herself. She's going to jump off this clock tower in order to go back with her family because her entire village was wiped out by whatever it was that was attacking them or the, the tornado, as they were told. And this is where Maisie or Rain and Danny meet and they become friends and more later on. But they have this meeting and she you know, Rain convinces her not to jump off and to continue living. And after that moment, everything kind of goes to shit. Like I was giving this movie the benefit of the doubt up to that point. And then when all the powers and everything start coming into it and like all the weird horror elements came in, this movie went off the rails so hard for me, like so hard. I was like, oh, I'm done. I can't even take this movie seriously anymore. Do you want to know what my favorite part of this movie? And the, like this happens around this time. So it's about this time ish. Maybe, maybe you go a little bit further to find out that Maisie's character and the main character are in are eventually become lesbians in some sort of like same sex couple. Right. Yeah. Totally cool with that. But my favorite part of this movie was before any of that happened, they're all in like this game room and Maisie's character is watching Buffy the Vampire <laughs> Slayer when the two witches are like finally getting together and kissing. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> she's watching some lesbian loving. Like that's not a dead giveaway. But yeah. And, and I was more proud of myself because I could name the situation and the TV show that she was watching. And that was my favorite part in this second time watching this movie because I had to watch it with Casey as well. And it was my favorite part because she literally laughed out loud <laughs> in the theater because she recognized Buffy the Vampire Slayer on TV during this movie. That was the, the most emotion she showed during the whole movie was laughing because she recognized the girls making out in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And then I nodded off. Yeah, and then she fell asleep shortly after. And it's sad because the, the relationship that that they have isn't even believable because this Danny actress is so bad. Yeah. Like I just struggle. And Maisie's so good. So it's so pronounced how bad the main actress is because she's acting against this amazing actress. And so you're just like watching it going, oh my good God, it's bad. And, well, and yeah, I thought that, so JJ had some issues and felt like the relationship was forced. Mm -hmm. I do. I had less of an issue because the, it like, there were lots of little stolen moments that as a, as a girl and being a young girl at one age, like I could recognize those little moments of flirting within something that I have done before. So I recognized that and it was subtle, but it was the groundwork of these two girls kind of playing back and forth. So I had less of an issue when all of that came about. Like, I felt like it was right. I mean, you've got these mutants that are locked up in this hospital for God knows how long with nobody like them, right? And I think it's that first little time that your flirtation is given back to you. Sure. So I felt like it was a lot more believable, but I agree with you. It was on Maisie's end and not on the main actress. The main actress just... She she caused it to feel a little bit because her acting is so terrible. But Maisie is who does that groundwork with mm. all of her little stolen glances and all of her little giggles and whatever it is. So anyway, that's my take on it. No, and I, I yeah, I mean, I can see where you're coming from. For me, it just and maybe it's I'm glad on your insight on that because I don't catch that stuff. Like I caught Maisie's and that's partly because. 
because again, she's a great actress. So I got what she was doing. It was never hidden what she was doing. But for me watching like the lead up to, they have this first kiss, right? Which is a good spot because we're kind of almost to that point. They have this first kiss outside with the rain falling on the, the bubble, dome. the dome, That's which was another cool visual in this movie. The rain hitting that dome was pretty badass looking. And so, and then they have this kiss and I went, in my brain, I went, whoa, like I get that Maisie's got a crush, but, and that's cool. But then this relationship to me, at least from Danny's point of view was like, I was like, where the hell did this, because she initiates the kiss. And I'm like, where the hell did that come from? Like, I didn't see her reciprocating that at all. Now I knew it was coming because it was pretty obvious. And I guess that it's those two things. It didn't feel like they put enough work in for me for that relationship to have developed to that point for one side. The other piece of that was, is it was so clunky <laughs> in the writing and the dialogue that I was, I knew it was coming. So though both of those, that's where it felt forced to me. I have to wonder how much they were pushing to get the main girl. And honestly, like her name's not even worth me remembering. So Danny, Danny's Danny. Yeah. I have to wonder how many times they tried to push her to get some of that background, but because she is not the level of actor that Maisie is, yeah. I mean, she, Maisie is phenomenal. And I think she's able to kind of do some of those subtle things. I don't know that the actress who they made the mistake of hiring as the main role mm. was capable of doing some of that backstory. So I have to wonder how much of her acting and her buildup and backstory ended up on the cutting room floor mm. because it was so bad. Could be. I see that. But would this not have been more interesting? Because now you talk about like the dome that's over this prison and there's like these people trying to get out. How much more interesting would it have been had this been like a Hunger Games scenario with that bitching ass dome? Oh, yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> Because uh, and Black again, this standing. is how interesting this movie is. <laughs> you have to make up your own storyline. Oh, yeah, yeah. Put a cornucopia in there. I like that. Like I said, at this point, the movie kind of is off the rails, right? So you have this initial weird moment where Danny's asleep, and the doctor's watching like her biometrics through some really high tech camera that you can. It's like an X ray vision camera that you can see this psionic energy going through her. And then Cannonball and Sunspot are in the laundry room and all of a sudden there's a loud noise. The washing machine's freaking out and Cannonball goes up to it and he ends up launching himself into the wall, wrecks the washing machine. So that's the first one. And then you go into these series of almost seemingly paranormal events. Well, and let's like, let's also not skim over the fact that like in the midst of this washer tumbling the dude's looking in it and that's how you get his backstory because it's some sort of like here this is what actually happened and it's the same thing with everybody else like they force their backstory on you not through good dialogue not through good sequences that's what i felt like forced the only one that i think did well with the backstory again was the bitchy chick because it for me hers was the most interesting backstory to go through Mm -hmm. because her reaction to everything that was going on was felt so real and it felt like something that a victim of this trauma would do yeah yeah that's fair i agree with that with with her what was her power exactly like i know she has this like alternate dimension thing that she goes to and then she has like this armor arm with a sword but like how would I was just kind of curious if there, if does she have like a specific, like this is what her power is or is it kind of just. Yeah, I think that's it. She do these cool things. So 
as far as I know, and again, I'm not a huge, I can tell you most of the core X-Men and tell you everything about them, but these guys, I didn't read too much New Mutant, but I know Magic has the ability to, she has her limbo, right? Which is the okay. the world that she and her little dragon created. That's uh-huh. this other dimension. And in that other dimension, what she does is as a child, she created this other dimension and she draws her power from that. Uh-huh. And so it seems like she's doing magic. And they kind of showed that, even though you'd never know that's what was why it was doing it but when she was fighting at the end and you kept seeing the flashes of that world that limbo mm-hmm. um you would see it that's that was i think their really sad attempt yeah of them showing that she needed that world to continue to have that power and okay. when she wasn't able to get to that world at the end of the fight which is why everything stopped glowing mm-hmm. and she would just had that arm and the sword and interesting and Lockheed was just a stuffed animal again. So, see, I like that I can ask these questions because you know, like the backstory <laughs> and the comic versions a lot more. So, yeah, I, I will just, say I would love to have that stuffed animal, that little hand puppet, because he was adorable. Yeah, Lockheed was cool. And even when he was real life, he was down. He was goddamn adorable. Yeah, he was really cute. <laughs> I did like when she's like, "How you doing, Lockheed?" And he got all pissed and like blew the looked at her and then blew the blew fire out and then got off and they attacked again. I thought that was cool. Well, and how creepy was it when she like when she figured out because she's the one that figured out what her power yeah. what Danny's mm-hmm. power was before everybody else. Everybody else, and like it's the dragon that does this creepy ass little voice that she makes him do. Like it's her. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean. So to me, that's why I would almost say I, I, as much as I love Maisie, Mm -hmm. I loved that actress in that role more. It makes sense. And I, the back half from probably, so when everything started to get weird and she stopped just tormenting Danny for the sake of tormenting her. And I, and I think to me, that was another thing that felt forced. The first few times that you see Ileana go after Danny, to me, it was like, this is just, and I get it. It's children and I'm way past being a child, but most of the time, but I was like, God, this just feels forced this again. And I think some of the dialogue was shit, which didn't help anything. But at the back half, when everything started tormenting her and we realized that her fears are what's now because we've gotten to the point where it's all oh, everything's fucked up now her fear these smiley men are what is actually tormenting everyone at one point like everybody else's fear is so weak and so pinpointed to themselves and hers is so big that now there's these men that obviously tortured it at the very least molested and assaulted her at the very worst probably oh i doubt that was the worst true i mean she's and, and the way she explains that you know they they're always smile. They made me cry and it made them smile like that whole that was pretty twisted. Her story's fucked up and it's harsh and I get why she is the way she is. But I also, again, I liked her in the second half because the way she acts is very good. Now, I hated the little demon things. So so once Maisie stops being interesting, she st- suddenly started being interesting. Fair enough. So you had to switch <laughs> to get like at least a glimmer of interesting. Yeah, That's what we did. The yeah. dialogue is so bad at so many points. I mean, I know, and I know that you hated her, and I know that she was a bitch. Like, and I think, like, if once you get to the end, she ends up seeing her personnel file or her hospital file, yeah. and it speaks to her mental capacity, or maybe her, it's her, how would you say it? Her absolute lack of caring toward human beings or people in general, because they said she would be perfect for the program because she didn't give a shit. Yeah, she has a disdain for human life. So, so, I mean, I think when you are a scared little girl trying to put on a big face of I'm okay, she wasn't happy, but she was okay. 
So she's acting out in any way possible. Yeah. She also was very proud that she was the strongest one there and that made her feel good. And it was yeah. probably the only thing that she was holding on to to be okay. I mean, there's there's some deep thoughts for a really shitty movie, but <laughs> yeah, so so to me it was I don't I, I guess No, I yeah. I get what you're saying. And I yeah, I don't disagree. I think the person that to me that they glossed over way too much was Roberto and Sunspot's character. Because yeah, all he did was wash dishes the whole time. Yeah. I, well, that like <laughs> sexually harassed the he, girls. Like, like yeah. <laughs> literally, all you saw him do was having headphones on, dancing while washing dishes. <laughs> yeah, and it, and he's got an interesting story. I mean, it's it's been told a million times, but you know, this guy that's coming of age, and now all he wants to do, he's so hypersexual because he doesn't have experience. Because he can't. Because the last time he tried, he killed someone, right? So I just, I, I felt like they just glossed her. And they made him such a douche for most of the movie. Like, the first thing he says to Danny is, oh, she a nymphomaniac? I hope so. I'm like, oh my god, what a dumb. And I realized 16-year-old kids will say stupid shit like that, but it was so bad. I was like, man, are you kidding me right now? Sam, that's the other guy's character. Just Sam, okay. Right. Yeah. yeah, he was pretty forgettable. Like, I mean, honestly, everybody else was pretty forgettable. Yeah. So at this point, we've got to the point now where the demons are running wild. These, you know, her Anya Taylor's fear, all these smiling men that look like a cheap knockoff of a, a movie that I've seen, a horror movie that I've seen. So I was a little disappointed with the way that they look with the no eyes and the big smiley with what sharp movie? teeth. And I cannot. Because they're tall and alien-like and there's nothing to them. Yeah, they look like Slender Man with no eyes and a really sharp yeah. like mouthful of sharp teeth and i was really pit and i've been trying to figure out what movie it was forever and a day since i've seen it the first time of the end and i cannot i'll come up with it and i'll have to post it on our website or something but it, it they, these bad guys are a cheap knockoff of the villain in this movie the scary the monster in this movie and i can't think of it for any listeners if you know the movie yeah go to, again mm-hmm. put a comment on our website or in uh spotify but Send us an email because I'm dying to know what that movie is. But they do. They look like a cheap. And I hate – so that bothered me. But I do like the concept of it. And this is where some of the visuals just go out of control really good. So when Sam is in the hallway and he's with Magic and they're fighting and she freaks out and he says, do something. And she just disappears to limbo <laughs> on him, which was probably the funniest part. And he just like, goes – what the fuck? He's like, are you serious right now? <laughs> And then this guy who's afraid of his power because it's so powerful just zooms through this hall and just you see pieces of these assholes laying <laughs> in the hallway and they're still on his little colorful fire. I was like, that's such a bitch. And the whole hall's just torn up. I was like, that's a bitch in visual right there. Him exploding down that hall. And then Sunspot, he loses his shit in the pool and his visual is really badass because when he's just on fire and he looks like a demon and his eyes glow and then he figures out how to control it a little bit so later you see him trying to get out of the building he's banging on the wall and his face is on fire and his arms are on fire every time he hits the the force field in the building those visuals were just amazing as everything's fucking going nuts but still that's if that's the best thing i have to say about this movie it's rough and it is because then you come everything so then they figured out that the doctor is they're trying to kill she's going to kill danny she's ordered by her superior that they keep talking about which the kids at some point think is charles xavier and they're training to better understand their powers to become x-men when in reality the doctor works for essex corporation which is mr sinister who is an x-men villain one of the most 
most powerful X-Men villain and one that Fox has been hinting towards since X-Men Apocalypse. So two X-Men movies ago, they mentioned Essex Corp and Mr. Sinister. So Fox had this plan. Thank God it got derailed with the purchase of Fox by Disney because I hate Fox and their mutant movies, but, and they'd have fucked up Sinister. But this whole thing is Sinister and the Essex Corp basically getting ready to train and trying to train new villains, people, super villains, right? So she's going to kill Danny because Danny's too powerful because Danny, we learn, can control and make people live through their worst fears. So they all are trying to kill the doctor. They realize the doctor's the problem. She's got force fields around this building if we want to get out. And one of the best lines in the movie, they say, well, we got to take out the source. And (laughs) Anya Taylor Scott's character just goes, let's kill the bitch. Yeah. (laughs) And so they go hunting her using Rain's ability to sniff. As a, as a dog or a wolf and they find her in the room and then there's a confrontation where she bubbles them all up and she's fucked up because Rain saves Danny just tears holes which I also was like it looked like she was bleeding out from a gut wound and when you watch it she only scratches her face <laughs> and her chest so I was like where the fuck did she get this gaping stomach wound that she's bleeding all over the place from well and it, like the <laughs> the way that she attacks it looks like she like have you ever, if you've ever seen people like mix up a salad using tongs and they just kind of push them down the side of a bowl and then pull it up and then continue to repeat that that's that's literally how this this dog attacked and this is a wolf right i mean do them the service of at least making them as badass as they are and was anybody else bothered by the constant reminder that vets somehow kill dogs (laughs) and like her constant stories about how her family was a her mom was a vet and sometimes it's just time to put them down go fuck yourself (laughs) now while she's killing this 16 year old girl who's too powerful okay i have of an issue with that i had more of the issue of talking no, about She's killing a dog yeah but the... you're using that yeah we got to put you down like i would to any fucking animal out there oh <laughs> like you bitch can we talk about how she dies i've been waiting for that oh because you no know, yeah that with the bear coming through it reminded me of jurassic park man <laughs> that's so like true. that's the first thing i thought of and i was like javier oh he's gonna oh this is gonna be his jurassic park reference so I have to put it in for him since he didn't go watch the movie. But <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're not wrong. That is, a, I, I, it would have been funny if like they had a pool of blood from the doctor that had like little ringlets in it as the bear stepped up. Yeah, yeah, because it was out of nowhere. So she puts them in these bubbles. They're little, and she's shrinking them, which takes me to my next point. Right before she dies, that all of a sudden Danny just like passes out, and so she's been getting her ass kicked this whole time. She's been pumped full of drugs. She recovers from these drugs very quickly. She gets put in a bubble and shrunk down, and not even touched by the bubble yet. And all of a sudden she's unconscious, and this bear comes in and just and this is the coolest visual in this movie is this fucking bear. See, okay. But the sh- the passing out from the shrinking down bubble is the only piece of this that made sense because there's no air. I could see that. See, and I didn't get that. Because she took away the air. She was shrinking her down, the bubble down. She was flattening the bubble into the floor and she was shrinking it in from the sides. So Danny had, that's the only thing that I could say made sense because she passed out because she didn't have air. Okay, I can give you that, that she passed, but she was unconscious for like an entire fight. <laughs> 
<laughs> with despair. Why did she stay unconscious that long? And the only thing that makes sense is because they show that she's in her little fear bubble. Yeah, I was going to say, doesn't that cut to her conversation with her dad or is that well, later on? She's standing in this snowy place where her village was destroyed, right? And she can hear Rain talking to her in her subconscious, I guess. This movie went to shit. And then she somehow ends up in the tree part. and then somehow ends up having a conversation with her dad, who suddenly the dad is who saves the day because he tells his daughter that right? she's gotta go back. Yeah. And help not let everybody die. The ending of this movie is absolutely <laughs> dog shit like it's one of the worst because it just it goes from nothing making sense to what the fuck is going on it feels on. like it was written in a 24-hour period and like the last part of the movie was after like 18 hours when you're just delirious yeah. if the writers went on like a four-day bender beforehand yeah it's like they we did all this horror stuff now we have to figure out a way to end this shit let's how do we do that Oh, wait a second. We already told the ending in the beginning monologue. Fuck. It was so bad. Because, yeah, she's in this, she's re, by herself in this snowy place that looks just like where her village was destroyed at the beginning of the movie. And then she hears Rain's voice talking to her. And then she sees Rain in dog form in her subconscious mind run by her. So she chases the wolf, which takes her to the tree that she was in in the beginning that her dad put her in to save her. And then the whole time you have a really cool fight going on because this is when Ileana or magic is fighting with her dragon Lockheed against the bear. And she's and this is when she drops her name. Cause they're like, what are you going to do? The bear's magic. And she's like, so am I. And her lights, her eyes go blue. And she kind of, oh, that's what she was doing. Slow walks through. Yeah. She was dropping her name. So oh. she slow walks in through her portal and calls him Yogi calls the big, bear, Hey Yogi. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. So it's just like, what the fuck is going? And then, but this whole time, the the main girl is hiding, basically. Well, it's so is probably the one character that could have hurt the bear the most because Roberto is in there hiding. Oh yeah, the <laughs> like why isn't he out there lighting the shit up? That's true. Well, and then so yeah, so everybody, all these other mutants are protecting her and fighting, and she's hiding in this fucking tree in her subconscious. And then, like you say, they ruin the fact that she's the most one of the most powerful mutants ever seen. Because her dad, which, how the fuck does he just all of a sudden show up and tell her, you need to get out, you're bigger than the bear. Just let her figure that shit out on her own. And especially if you're going to take the time in this movie to develop this relationship between Rain and Danny, it's the perfect foil to allow her to go, I have this budding relationship with this girl, I really care about her, she saved my life by keeping me from jumping off this building, it's my turn now to save her life because this bear's trying to eat her, and just to mention it the bear's my fault so i should probably wake my ass up and save her life but no it's her dad that has to give her the motivation to be honest i'd be okay with the dad doing it but i think there was a better way to do it like okay take away the beginning monologue take away the end one and that's where you put in her dad telling this story even if you did it in fast motion or even if you broke it up into teeny little pieces Mm -hmm. that were playing on top of each other and that's how she figured it out but to your point let her be super powerful take away the man coming to save the day mm-hmm. and just let it let it tell itself and it would have been such a more powerful story or at least a powerful part of this movie and instead they cheapened it and watered it down and made me want to shove dull pencils through my eyeballs <laughs> but the bear 
fucking a the bear like the visual yeah the visuals of this bear this smoky fucking first of all when he eats the doctor great <laughs> shit like the crunching of the bones and the he's just like I, just like the tyrannosaurus rex i mean he really did this movie is a knockoff of a bunch but of other she, movies okay how many times did he crunch her who a, a woman who was already like near death <laughs> he crunched her and she was screaming That's for a fair. really long time like she That's would have true. been dead crunch too at the latest that's true but it needed that dramatic effect and it looked yeah. fucking cool the bear's bitching and I, I will give you that and and the fight scenes against the bear like when when cannonball runs up and hits him and his tooth goes flying out and lands in the wall next to roberto's head before he goes and hides under the pew in the church like i was like that's cool and then when a roberto comes out and he's fighting the bear because he just turns full flame to the point that he's almost like looks like a black diamond kind of and then he's just throwing and then he gets stepped on oh yeah so good he gets stepped on and he's done but the coolest visual of this whole movie is the end which is the only good thing about the end of this movie because she wakes up so danny finally wakes up and says two of the worst fucking lines of dialogue ever stop control really that's how this fucking fight is gonna end this epic battle between this like crazy demon bear is gonna end because somebody puts their hand out and says fucking stop well at first she says no, no. <laughs> like it's a, it's i was waiting for it to be like no bad pair <laughs> like, yeah bad yogi bad yeah, that's my piccany basket <laughs> oh hey boo boo no it's, <laughs> but it was so stupid no stop and then she starts talking to it like it's a child control and then shushing it and then petting it and then suddenly the demon's bear bear's eyes go from a fiery lava to just red <laughs> to just red <laughs> it was so stupid she's like you need to control yourself and stay calm i'm like what is this like a self-help talk like what the fuck is going on right now it was so bad that it completely pulled me out of the moment which was i was having a good time with the fights and there's this cool part where the bear is slowly chewing the roof of this building yeah. as Maisie's trying to run up this roof and it's just waiting for her to fall into her mouth into its mouth and then you just have this no stop okay it's time to calm down we need to be calm and collected i'm like what the fuck well and i'm not happened? gonna lie like i had a hard time with the cgi effects on the bear's eyes where Did they were, yeah to me it felt like what was the terrible nicholas cage movie where like ghost rider or whatever oh, it was God, yeah. and he had the flames, flames coming up behind him yeah. like to me that's what it was reminiscent of like that's all i could see was waiting for nicholas cage <laughs> to do like a an appearance I loved the, my favorite shot in this whole movie was when she was petting the bear's snout and it was calming down and the flames on its eyes, like you were talking about, was going back to just a normal, bright, glowing red. I'd say normal, but and all you can see is this, and the whole screen is full of this giant bear face and it's not black and demon looking anymore. It looks like a brown bear and she's kind of hugging its snout, its nose a little bit, and the eyes have calmed down to where they're just red. But all you see is this giant bear face and this little girl standing in front of this bear. Yeah. And it went, once she shut the fuck up and she was just petting it, I was like, that's a fucking bitchin' visual. That image is so cool to me that I was like, that's the only thing worth watching in this movie. Because <laughs> coincidentally, it was also the best acting we saw from her. True. Yeah. <laughs> Besides Sam yelling at Roberto, what are you doing? Nut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was nothing else worth watching this movie for so bad all right we ready to rate this thing 
Let's do it. I've been surprised how much we could talk about this movie because I can't remember most of it. I know we did talk a lot about it. We yeah, talked we a lot, talked of shit a lot about, about it. how yeah how shitty it was. yeah. We talked that's a lot true. of shit on this movie, but it was an entertaining talking shit. That's for sure. I'd rather watch somebody. Never mind. I'll save this for my review. There you go. Uh, well, why don't you kick us off then? Okay. What's the scale again? Zero to five. Zero being absolute dog shit. And then five being just a masterpiece. I'm going to put it as a zero. Wow. Because I would Ooh. literally rather watch somebody take some, like put some dog shit in a bag and light it on fire on my front porch where I would have to clean it up than watch this movie again. <laughs> Ian. I need Matt in here to to tell me if I've ever rated a movie at zero before. I'm now I'm kind of curious. You, you rated She Dies Tomorrow zero. Because <laughs> oh, I, I did. I didn't. Oh man. Five. You ever you three gave it a zero. If that's the case, I'll give it a point five because I would rather watch this than watch She Dies Tomorrow again. Because that was at least this one had entertaining visuals and like a couple actors that were on point. But overall, yeah, it's just skip this one. It 0.5 will not watch again. I wish they didn't make it. <laughs> it's bad. Like I said, visually, there are some stunning parts. There are some great acting, but vast majority of this movie is bad. The acting's bad. The dialogue's crap. So many things don't make sense. It's an hour and 36 minutes long. It could have been an hour and 10 minutes long and made more sense because you would have cut out a bunch of shit that didn't make sense. Casey's giving me they could have been 10 minutes long and would have been more <laughs> better movie. I again, I'm kind of with Ian. I gave a 0.5 to She Dies Tomorrow. That's my new, pretty much bottom of the barrel at this point. Like, it's got to be really, 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 real dog shit for me to give a zero. So I will give this movie a one. I'm, I'm with Ian. I, I could be told to skip it, but again, if you're looking for some fun visuals, just a mindless movie, stream it when it's free. But other than that, I, I'll never watch it again. It was bad. I already watched it twice, unfortunately. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Javier and Madsen. I appreciate that. So, because it is their fault. I felt dumber after watching it. <laughs> it's bad. All right. Well, that's our review. Casey, thanks for joining us for this movie. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we owe you. <laughs> yes, you do. So go check this movie out or don't by our recommendation. And uh, we appreciate you joining us. Before I let you go, let's tell you where you can find us. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podchaser, all of them. Anywhere fine podcasts are found, go check us out. You can also check us out at our website, whatsourverdict.com, where you can listen to all of our episodes, sign up for exclusive content, updates, different things like that. You can vote on movies that you may want us to watch on future episodes as well. Just communicate with us. Leave comments. $10 gift card if somebody can name the movie where those smiley face guys come from. Look at that. Get them. Besides <laughs> this movie. It can't be this movie. No. The, yeah, the, the other that, movie. This was cheap. Not, yeah. 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 The other movie. I like that. So there it is. $10. But yeah, somebody leave a comment on the website. Through. Send us an email at hosts at whatsourverdict.com. Let us know what this movie is, and apparently we'll get you a $10 gift card. Amazon. Amazon all good things come. I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, go check us out. We're also on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at What's Our Verdict. Oh, yeah, I'm being reminded, don't forget our sister podcast, What's Our Verdict TV. It's good because we're actually active on that one. We haven't been active for a while, but we just – Casey was actually involved. We just did The Boys – uh, part one and two. So we did the first four episodes and then we just finished the second two episodes. That'll be coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this on Monday as we release TV on Tuesday. So check that out. More good stuff to come with TV. Mandalorian we're going to be doing as well as the second season of The Boys. So TV should be hopping here pretty soon as well. Uh, so go check that out. Again, anywhere you can find find podcasts. Also at our website, you can listen to those episodes. Next week, we will be reviewing. We're going to have another double week. God, thank God. It's the last of the double weeks, Ian. Next week, we will be reviewing. On Monday, we'll be releasing Tenet, 
which is exciting. Yeah. Shit. Cannot About wait. Time. Reviews, reviews came out today and I'm really having a hard time not reading them, but I'm waiting because we're going on Monday. So Casey and I are going to see it on Monday. So I'm just tickled pink to review that one. And then on Tuesday next week, we're releasing Mulan. So we're going to be reviewing Mulan. It's it's streaming Disney Plus. So we're going to be doing that one as well. So keep an eye out for those two next week. Come check us out. We appreciate you listening. Uh, Give us a follow. Reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. And we appreciate you stopping in. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Yes. That's for Javier. (laughs) Casey always hates it when there's no bye-bye now. I know. I was going to have to do it if you didn't. So I'll just close (laughs) this with a Cinemagic Out. Sweet.